Now I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis 3. I will be reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Stand please, starting with verse 1. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Satan's talking already. And the woman said to the serpent, which is good, she, she's rebuking him, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, he's fighting back, you surely shall not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Cardinal sin. We want to be our own demigods. Why did Satan get kicked out of heaven in the first place? He was tired of being vice president. He wanted to be president. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be God, knowing good and evil is how it finishes out. Verse six, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Say, Adam was with her. Stop blaming Eve for everything. Adam was right there. He let the serpent mack on his lady, holla at his lady. And he, he just stood there not doing anything. So Adam was just as guilty. Blood was on his hands. If not more so, because God gave the direct commandment to him. He was the head. Then the eyes of both of them were open, seven. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths, loin coverings, trying to cover up their shame. Eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, verse 11, who told you that you were naked? Lord God, I ask you to just bless us today on this morning. Give me insight, Lord God, into your word to rightly divide the word line upon line, precept upon precept, Lord God. Let your spirit fall into my heart, Lord God, and let that pour out into all of your people. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Who told you? That you were naked, Adam. Who told you that you were naked, Eve? Who told you that you were naked? Now, when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's not like God is in heaven saying, man, I really wish I knew who told Adam he was naked. Really wish I knew that uh, if, if I was good enough. When, when God asks Abraham, is there anything too hard for your God? It's not like God is insecure, like God is going, man, I wonder if there's something I can't do. Let me go ask Abraham if I'm good enough to do these things. God doesn't need your wisdom. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you that the God of, of the universe doesn't need your wisdom. So God comes and asks Adam an evil question. Who told you that you were naked? And of course, us being ridiculous humans, we answer God like he really needs to know. When God asks a question, he's trying to reposition us, not himself. 
Who told you you were naked? If we were standing in the garden, maybe it would play out like this. God comes down. Adam, who told you you were naked? Well, I, I, I ate the fruit of the tree. And, and, and why did you eat the fruit of the tree? Because the serpent said. Who said? Because the serpent said. Who said? Because the serpent. And you think that, that eventually Adam would get it. The serpent said. Well, if, if, if I come to, to uh, I want a daughter. And, if, and when my daughter starts kindergarten, believe in God for a wife and a daughter. And when my, my daughter starts kindergarten, if I tell her, baby, don't eat, don't eat the crayons. And one of her friends is eating and gets her to eat. And she gets sick. She, she comes home with a sick belly. And I say, baby, I told daddy, wise daddy, God, to, to you, to your little world, right? Says, don't eat the crayons. Your father said, don't eat the crayons. Why did you eat them? Well, Susie was eating them. She said, I should eat them. Said that I'd be okay. Who? Susie. Who? Susie. Who? And, and, and just like she wouldn't get it, Adam doesn't get it. Most of the time, we don't get it. Why are we listening to serpents? Write down, I will no longer listen to serpents. Who is a serpent? Anyone that doesn't align their thinking and their words to you directly with the word of God. Don't eat the tree, the fruit of the tree. Well, you can eat it. You're a serpent. Consider the source. Consider the source of your information is possibly what God is trying to get Adam to see. Little Susie isn't your father. The serpent isn't your God. Consider the source. Some good sources they could have considered it. It was just Adam and Eve, but but modern, modern day Christians, we have pastors, irreplaceable. Those people that say, well, I, I watch from home. If you're non-ambulatory, wonderful god will anoint you right there and i've heard messages on tv but that's not a church he says don't forsake the, the assembling the gathering of yourself don't forsake the fellowship come together as a church body now you can have church a church can be in a house you can have three or four people meeting every sunday and wednesday having bible study and having church in the house but if you're just there watching flicking the channels and you can get up drive yourself to a church you'll drive the hooters for some hot wings drive to a church and get that fellowship under your pastor, your spiritual father, your spiritual leader, your mentor, parents, guides. Some, and now people are paying hundreds of dollars for life coaches. Let me tell you something. If, if, if you're, you're paying money for a life coach and this person doesn't know the way and the truth, they have no busy coaching your life. You can stick a pin right there. Moving on. Some good resources, the Bible. How about we spend some time seeking the God of sovereignty and not listening to the king of serpentry? Psalms 37 tells us, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Righteous, right. How do you get right? Well, the Bible tells us, sit, sit, sit in it. Spend some time with it, curl up with it. You know, Reading Rainbow, I used to love that show as a kid. Reading Rainbow. You know, I can go anywhere. Yeah. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rain. Get in a book. Get in your Bible. Realize that God has the answers to your questions. It's not old. God is eternal. So when he writes something, it's eternal. They were dealing with lust a thousand years ago, 4,000 years ago. They were dealing with adultery 4,000 years ago. Bad kids 2,000 years ago. 4,000 years ago. There's no, there's no new, there's nothing new under the sun. 
the word said. That's nothing new. First point, stop listening to serpents. Second point, kill it till it's dead. See, Ephesians 6, 17 says we have a weapon, and that's the sword. Now, Ephesians, it, it lists a list of items, of armor, the, the, the belt of truth, the, the helmet of, of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. All of these things protect us. Someone swings, we can put up our shield. Someone attacks our head, we have a helmet, we have breastplate on, we have stuff on our feet, we have, we have our belt, a belt uh, of truth. We, all of these things protect us. They're our, our outer garments to shield us against the attack of the enemy. Why would you need armor if you weren't going into a battle? No one says, hey, man, I'm going to the library. Okay, man, don't forget your M16 and your flag jacket. God is preparing us in Ephesians for war. But he didn't just give us defensive armor. Well, just stay here and just hope not to die. Let the devil beat on you till he's tired. He gave us a sword. There's the sword of the spirit, 17, Ephesians 6, 17, which is the word of God. So he gave us a weapon. So he doesn't want us just to defend our position. He wants us to take ground, swing, swing, take ground, take back every inch the devil took from you and a little bit more. It says the, the wealth of the wicked laid up for the righteous. So it's yours anyway. Go get it. Swing, kill it till it's dead. Second point, kill it till it's dead. See, Eve swings. See, devil attacked Eve. He attacked Jesus. He took him to the mountain. He attacked him. Devil's going to attack you. But Eve swings one time. How do you, what's, what, what's your sword? The word of God. The devil says, eat the, eat, eat the fruit. Eve says, well, we can eat. The, God said, the word of God is literally the words of God. Same thing our Bible is, the words of God. Beginning with the word. The word was with God. The word was God. It's the words of God. God. Your power, your strength, your weapon. Opponents have an M16 with no bullets. You're a bunch of M16s walking around with no bullets. Get you some bullets. The word of God. So, so Satan swings. And Eve swings back. Well, God said, we can eat of all the trees, just not this one. Then Satan says, you won't die. Because he said, well, we'll die. no, you won't die. God just don't want you to be like him. Then Eve says, man, okay, she looks around. Well, this is good, and she eats. She swings one time. The devil bobs and weaves, and then he comes back. He hits her, connects. She sins. Let's see how Jesus does it. We, we want a perfect example of spiritual warfare. Let's, let's see how Jesus does it. Open your Bible to Matthew 4. Turn with me to Matthew 4. Matthew 4, we, we, see, we see an epic battle. We see where the devil comes out specifically to attack. Oh, we can go to Luke 4. Well, no, let's go to Matthew. I have you turn to Matthew 4. You see where the devil is coming out specifically to attack him. Let's start with one. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. To be tempted by the devil. And after he had, he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, the devil waited till he was weak, waited till he was hungry to try to attack him. You will be attacked. And the devil will come when you're weak. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. The devil swings. Jesus swings back. But he answered and said, 
It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If, if you could see this in the spirit, it will probably look like a man with armor swinging. Jesus bobs, he swings back. These are two Goliaths fighting. The devil's no pushover. He comes back and swings again. Then the devil took him into the holy city. He took him to the holy city, a place that Jesus would desire to be. And he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will give his angels charge concerning you. He swings again and, and, and the devil is getting a little craftier. So now the devil wraps his lie in truth. Every great lie is wrapped in 98% truth, 99.9% truth. Every great lie is, a, is, is hidden in truth. So he tells him to jump and then he, he quotes the Bible. He quotes God to God. But it's okay. Jesus swings back. Going to seven. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Some versions say you should tempt not the Lord thy God. Jesus swings again. I, I want to I wanna get to the blow. Let's get to nine. And he said unto him, all things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. The devil swings his best swing, thinking he's going to connect. Jesus, 10. And Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Look what the devil does when Jesus hits this final blow and connects him to the chin. Then the devil let him... The devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. This is spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. Every time the devil swings, Jesus swings. The devil swings, Jesus swings. The devil swings, Jesus swings. And then he connects. The devil has an option. Stay there and fight with Jesus and die or to flee. He's, he's wiser, so he chooses to flee. Eve only swung once, but you need to kill it. Till his day keep swinging to that devil dies so that devil gets afraid and runs and how are you going to swing with the with the word of god memorize you some script some scriptures memorize you something that that when the enemy comes and says you know what you, you're not good enough remember what you did last week or last night or or last year you need to come back and swing with the word because there is no condemnation for those that are in christ jesus when the devil comes and says yeah 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 but the, but the blood is against you because because you have sinned you need to come back with John 3 17 for, for for Jesus didn't come to condemn the world but but through the world that we might be saved when he when when it says that you know what this situation is going to crush you you need to come back with some Romans 8 and 28 that all things work together for the good of those who who love him to, to those who are called according to his purpose and when when the devil says you know what you will never have enough money you'll never get that car you'll you'll never buy that house you need to come back with Deuteronomy 28 well I'm the I'm the lender not the borrower I'm the head and not the tail I am above and not beneath swing don't don't be an M16 with no bullets. First point, stop listening to serpents. Put that somewhere in your house where you can see it. Second point, kill it till it's dead. Third, brace for impact. I'm in the Navy Reserves, and, and, they, and in boot camp, they, they teach you this thing to brace for impact. And they, they simulate a missile hitting the, the, the outer hole of the ship, and they say they want you loose. They want you loose and, and not all tensed up. That's how you hurt yourself. You just loose and you just grab onto something and your your hands are gripping it, but everything else you could you could push somebody and they would just be loosey goosey. They're loose. But that and that's how you brace for the impact. You will get hit. You will get hit. The devil will swing. That's why you have a shield. If you would never get hit, you would need a shield of faith, right? 
And what faith comes by hearing, hearing by what? The word of God, which brings me back to, to point one. You need to get a pastor who is feeding you the word of God, but moving on. So you, you're loose. So when you get hit, you're not tense. That's how drunks can fall downstairs and not be hurt. They're, they're loose. They're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Someone else fall down those stairs. They've broken every bone in their body. They're loose. So you got to get loose. When you're in battle, you, you got to be loose. Don't be stressed. Don't be tense. Because that faith will keep you loose. If you don't have faith, then you're going to be stressed. You're going to be tense. You're going to be worried. But when you have faith, you can be loose because you, you know you have bullets in your gun. You have a sword in your hand. You can be loose. St devil, step over here if you want to. I'm going to get you. You can be loose. Brace for the impact. When something happens, don't fall to pieces. Know that it's not going to happen, possibly. That it will happen indefinitely. Brace for the impact. Four, moving on. Ignorance is bliss. Don't be so anxious to grow up. Because when you do, you'll understand what it means to struggle. Think about children. I want to, can't wait till I drive and they drive. I can't wait till I get out on my own. I get out on my own. Then the minute they move out, they realize they have bills. They have troubles. They have to have a job. They have to pay the light bill. They have to pay the car note that they, the car that they want. And they have to pay insurance. And then it's like they're clicking the heels together. Like Dorothy, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Adam and Eve's biggest sin, I, I want to be like God. I want to grow up. Now, they're ignorant to all of the things that God is, is keeping them from. All of the dangers outside of the garden that God is protecting them from. Every comfort that they have inside of the garden. The spiritual connection that they have with God. That he walks with them, directly walks with them in the midst of the garden. They're taking it for granted. They're ignorant to life without God. But soon they will make a mistake that will sever them and all of mankind from God. To be naked, who told you that you were naked? To be naked uh, means to be without. Who told you that you were without? And they were without. The minute they ate, they, their body, mind, and soul, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, went without. Sin means separate. They were instantly separated from God. And, and I want you to get a picture of, of physical connection. They were physically connected. And in the Bible, it says he breathed life. It was just clay. The clay is not what's important. It's, it's the nefesh. The Bible says nefesh. The Hebrew is, is breath. He breathed life into them. But don't look at it like you. we blow on somebody and, I, and our breath leaves us and goes to them. Like mouth to mouth CPR or something. When God breathed in him, that, that, that breath that was in them was still in God. There was still a connection. If it helps you, look at them as, as, a, as a part of God's body, like the, a side, God's hip. They were still physically connected, which makes who, which which makes the question that he asks them when he says, "Where are you, Adam?" It makes that profound in verse nine. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, "Where art thou? Where are you, Adam? You were connected to me. I no longer feel you there. You're 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 no longer my my connected to my breath. You're no longer connected to my body. You're no longer one with me. Where are you, Adam? What happened? Where are you? I'm hidden. I was um, hid myself because I was naked. Well, who told you you were naked? Who told you that you were without? So what do they do? They they don't realize the severity of their nakedness, of their withoutness. So, that, so they're in a, a hiding in a bush, sewing together fig leaves to, to, to 
to try to hide their emotional shame and their physical shame. Not realizing that they've been spiritually severed. That's what we do. We make a mistake and then we try to be, once again, our own gods. And, and we try to invent. They, there was no Saks Fifth Avenue. They couldn't run out and go buy clothes. What do they do? They're, they, they're trying to sew together. They're trying to be their own savior. They try to sew together some of their inventing clothing to hide their sin. Because they, they were clothed. Job 29, 14 says, I put on righteousness. It clothed me. They were clothed in the righteousness of God. So they walked around without clothes physical clothes, proud and unashamed. Romans 1 16, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were unashamed of God. They were unashamed of what God created, how God had made them unashamed. But when that sin separated them physically from God, now they, they realized that they were physically without clothes. They were no longer clothed in righteousness. And now they were emotionally ashamed. They tried to be their own savior and make clothes. But thank, thankfully, hallelujah, there's a God that came and, and killed an animal and came and clothed them and, and, and took care of their physical nakedness. And now they were no longer physically naked. And now since they weren't physically naked, they were no longer emotionally naked. They were no longer ashamed because they had physical clothing. So two of the three were taken care of. But then there were there was another a, a, a deeper issue. Sometimes there are deeper issues. They came to Jesus. We couldn't cast out this devil. We cast out the last 105 or however many. We just couldn't cast this one out. And, and Jesus basically said, this is a different kind. Say different kind. This is a little bit deeper. This one can only be cast out with, with, with prayer and fasting. This is a little bit, a little bit deeper. Cause it's, it's, it's a little bit deeper. This, the third issue is that spiritual issue. They're cut from God. So God, made sutures it talks about jesus and says the lamb is all about jesus it's all about you all about you jesus i love that song because that's who it's all about it says the lamb was slain the lamb being jesus slain from the foundations foundations of the world adam and eve sinned and and they were spiritually cut off god could god could give them clothes to to take care of their physical and emotion and emotional withoutness but this third thing was much deeper, much bigger. So God sent his own son that way that we can we can be sutured. The Bible says grafted. We can be grafted like someone has a skin graft and they take fat from like their buttocks or their leg and they they sew it somewhere else. They graft it in so that that part can be whole again. So so God so they, it's one part of their body is cut away so that another part of the body can can be whole. And, that, and that's what God does. God pulls another part of that. We, we were missing from his hip, from his breath. So he, he cut away another part of him, Jesus, and grafted so that we can be grafted back into him, back into his hip. So he went through a, another pain of losing his only son so that all of his, his, his bastard sons can be grafted back in. Hallelujah. Say grafted. It's all about you, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the word that you've given us this evening. Thank you for the, the, the heart changes, Lord God. Let this word be dynamic to us. Let this word be powerful to us. Let this word just move on our hearts and minds. We give you glory in your precious son, Jesus name. Amen.